Hello and welcome everyone to the Rogue Valley Role Players. My name is Ben. I'm here with Ed, Austin, Nick, and Rosemary. We are here to play Valley of Famine Season 3, Episode 1. So, welcome back, listeners. Once again, my name's Ben. I am the Marshal. I am running the game tonight. I'm Ed. I'm playing Daisy Gilmore, or as folks call her, Raylan Daisy, because she shoots rail spikes into what she used to think was evil, but was not quite evil and sad. I'm Austin, playing Macario the Clown, and last time we goofed, the punchline, Frigid Hell on Earth. I'm Nick S. I'm playing Haru Matsuhara, and I'm severely distrusting anybody other than the main party now. I'm Rosemary. I played Debbie Rachel Jane Kennedy, and she done fucked up last time. But it's okay. She's gonna fix things. With more deals with demons, I'm sure. Sure. So, it's been probably two full days since uh, you left Sheriff Ross's body in his cabin. During that time, the, the temperature has fluctuated. It's not always like this supernatural, super cold, but it's definitely cold. Maybe in a range that's a little more normal for the valley, but definitely like the lower end of normal. People are, are afraid when and if they leave their homes, they go about their business very quickly. Folk have gone missing. A lot of folk have gone missing. Uh, there's been little to no word from, certainly from the most distant of uh, homesteads, uh, but also others that are close by, and you've just it's been impossible to keep up on all, all the reports. Uh, there have been you know, people complaining. It constantly, there's been a constant flow of people in the sheriff's office you know, reporting weird animals stalking the night, stuff like that, tracks seen in the snow. Uh, Haru, all of the advanced railroad camps that the Iron Dragon was maintaining to try and get this fur line built, gone. There just there's been absolutely no word. The weather's been too crappy to even try and go out and check on them. When the the train comes through, uh, the passengers and well, yeah, the passengers and the the staff talk about weird things seen along the trails, the the tracks, stuff like that. Stagecoaches, nine out of ten, never make it. Sometimes people report seeing the the wreckage of them along the the main road, and then one will get through, and they'll talk about being hounded by things. Um, to the best of my ability, I try to put everybody's mind at ease saying it's probably just like large wolves bears with the dark and the wind and the snow it's hard to, it's hard to see i try to try to play down the the supernatural but you know and when it comes to those forward camps I, I do my best to kind of look for people but i can't go out in the cold for very long either no no yeah i, have to, I stay i have to stay near warm things or else i freeze like a log that's disturbing so we are going to open this. It's it's in the evening. It's actually it's probably it's the sun's already gone down, and you're all gathered at the sheriff's office, sharing a drink, trying to keep warm by the stove, taking a kind of a moment to recover in the midst of this this kind of this this madness and horror that's been going on. And we're gonna do 
an interlude. Oh boy. To kick off this uh, this third season, so you're all you're sitting around. You, know, you hear the crackling of the the fire in the stove. It's decently warm in the sheriff's office. I think Billy Johansson's gone home for the evening. Hey y'all, I've been feeling really bad about what we've done. You know, just yeah, it's, it's not been good. And I think I think I've, I've pissed off the Lemurians, taking their magic and creating a machine of death. So, so yeah, over the last two days, I've been working frantically, frantically. Like, I got home, and I've had these projects I'm working on. You know, I got the ghost rock extractor going on so, so I can help Jonathan in, in the mines. And I also got some, some things I'm trying to work on to preserve food. And it just, yeah, I had to scrap those projects. I had to scrap them because I, I needed, I need, yeah, I, I, I needed something to help people because I've been killing and destroying things. And the Lemurians are pissed. They're going to be pissed. I took their technology and I turned it and corrupted it. But anyway, yeah, so what I, what I took from the ghost rock extractor and I was able to, to take those parts and now I'm weaving the seats. Look, look at all that. I've woven it into my, my, my outfit here. And, and then all the things, the food preservation, it, 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 didn't, it didn't do anything for the food, nothing for the food at all. Like it was, that was, yeah. But I noticed that it helps heal people. It can heal others? Yeah. And... And I can also help protect people now. And I go, and I like start glowing like blue. You might hear a little screech of ghost rock. No, it's even cooler. And then I'll like construct, and then like a ghost rock energy flies out towards y'all, and you get covered in an aura of like protection. Yeah. Rachel's staring at this aura around the office and it's just got this incredible look on her face. Daisy, why does this smell like coffee? Well, because I spilled coffee on my boots. We've all done that one time or another, Daisy. In them? Okay, not, not so much that, no. Did you drink the coffee out of your boot, though? Yeah, can't let it go to waste. Uh, sounds like it would, uh, wait... Wake you up in the morning. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure those new devices will come in handy in these upcoming days, Daisy. I hope so. It sounds like you've developed a, a lofty goal of helping people. I only wish that I could offer more to help. This is this terrible cold, these terrible monster attacks. They're not good for the, the, the soul. They're reminding me back home. As you know, I, as I like I do here, I did police work, tracking a group of brigands in the forests, a place that in the English tongue is suicide forest. Me and a group of squad went in, six of us or so. We didn't believe the local legends, spirits living in the forests, the hills, never saw any truth of it. People just go in the forest and die, not know how to survive. But as we're looking for these men, we started disappearing. Slowly, one by one, we would be lost. It wasn't cold like it is now, but we could hear screams, terror, panic, and silence, only to find ropes, weapons, but no bodies, no people, not even bones. We came in with looking for men to look. Some of them disappeared too. I am afraid of losing you. This cold, these spirits here. It is a great ordeal that we must go through with this, uh, these spirits that we've 
unleashed. We have to remember to be strong and protect each other. So I am thankful for your new gifts, Daisy. Feels like we are even more united. You, you don't talk about home much, Haru. You must miss it. I do. Uh, different rules there, but it was home. It was uh, hard leaving it. And now I am almost certain that I am never going back. Although I have a good reason to stay. I, I can't go home either. Uh, you know, the, the deputy, she gave me a new home. But, I mean, my home in, in Mexico. I, I, I do not know if I ever told you all what happened. I don't think you ever have, actually, Macario. Well, the French, they, uh, they took control of Mexico, and uh, they, they took what they wanted. It's, it's really as simple as that. Uh, if they decided they wanted you, they would treat you as property. If they decided they wanted your property, they would take it and kick you off kill you if you wouldn't go. And this is what happened to me, to my family. My mother, she had gotten sick, uh, the, uh, the tuberculosis. And the French came not long after, and they said we were not producing enough crop and that they would take the farm. So they just took it, kicked us right off gave us nothing, and I, ha I had to care for her. She was very sick. She could do nothing, you understand? In bed, coughing up blood, day after day. I kept hoping she would get better. She, she never did. And so, to make money, I, you know, there was no farming. I, I took a dangerous job, a bullfighter. It was entertaining for the French and the Spanish. Uh, so, you've seen it, my, my rapier, the little pokey stick I have, a relic from those days. I was good at it, bullfighting. You cut the animal, stab it, poke it, slash it, for the entertainment of others. I drew crowds. I, I am naturally talented. I am agile. You have all seen it. It's simply how I am and crowds came to see me hurt the bulls. What a savage sport. It was. And I had a, a rival, Don Marco, who was jealous of me. And one day, when the, the clowns were supposed to enter the arena and scare the bull back into its pen, Don Marco prevented the clowns from entering when they were supposed to. And the bull, angry at me for having heard it, pushed me up against a wall, broke my arms, tore open my legs. And do you know what they did to me? They threw me into the streets. They did not care for me. As soon as I was useless, I was trashed to them. And, you know, I, that is when the lady visited me. So I am grateful for that. But 
I can't go home. And it is still under control of those who do, did not earn it, did, were not born there, who just lay claim to it because they had guns and ships. It is the nature of man to conquer, to take things as their own. You must learn to take things of your own, things that you desire, and make them yours as well. What is it that you desire, Makario? I have not even thought of it. It's like I'm caught up in a river. Fate. I had to head north because I had nothing, and, and the lady, she, she gave me my, my strength back. And how can I do anything else? <laughs> you receive a divine message. How, how can you be anything but, but what they tell you to do? It's fate. That's all I am, is fate. You are more than that, Makario. You may have been chosen to do a great task for your lady, but you are also yourself. Do you understand? You are still you. And what is so great about me? You are a good friend, always trying to make us laugh, even at our worst moments. You cheer us up, Macario. It's awesome. <laughs> well, I can't think of surviving this winter without seeing you walking down the street, making people smile. Bring a lot of hope to this valley, Macario. Thank you all. I, I think the cold is uh, getting to me, and I've had to scare two or three hungry-looking people off of Dawn every day. <laughs> it feels terrible, but I don't want them to eat Dawn. <laughs> you know what I mean? I must admit, Dawn has looked very tasty, but... He's a big, juicy cow. I understand, <laughs> but he's, he's, he's all I have besides, besides all of you, of course. Well, I, I can't go home. It's, it's too cold. We're going to get through this. I know times seem bad right now, but I've gone through bad times before and come out the other end, and we'll do that too. Well, I remember one time I had just recently come to the valleys, probably one of my, uh, I think I hadn't been a deputy for more than a week or two, and he got news of a kid gone missing. Mom was frantic with worry. We went out, searched the woods, put together a party, searched for hours. No sign of kid. Most people were giving up at that point, thinking wolves had got him. My gut just told me I couldn't give up on this, on this little boy, Daniel. And turns out he had been playing along a base of an incline and some... Rocks had tumbled down and caught his leg. We found him crushed under this rock, but he was still alive. Ross came out. Looking back, I realize now I was able to move that boulder all by himself. At the time, I just attributed it to adrenaline. Anyways, we pulled him out from under that rock, and Doc managed to patch him up, and he was fine. So even though... Sometimes you think maybe there's no way that good can come out of a situation. Life has a way of surprising you. Things work out in the end. 
Daniels, I just saw him the other week. He's a fine young man. So you're sitting there, you're drinking, it's getting later into the night. You're all, you're all of you feeling hungry. Yeah, you're swapping stories and trying to find a bit of hope, a bit of comfort. When Rachel, you look up, take a swig of whiskey mm-hmm. or whatever your poison happens to be that evening. It's probably Ross's whiskey. Okay, yeah. As a matter of fact. It's Ross's whiskey. It's cheap swill. <laughs> Barely drinkable. Um, you know, you take a shot and you set your glass down and you look up and there's like a window in the side alley of the, uh, the office and you see a skull of an elk come passing by its eyes too round, too large, glowing. And I kind of, you know, it walks by and kind of turns and cocks its head at you looking through the window and you can hear. You can all hear that along the uh, outside of the building. She's doing anything where you kind of like lurch up out of your chair, standing up really fast, drawing both of her guns, aiming them at the window. Passes out of sight. And she's just standing there with her guns drawn at the window. What? What was that? <sighs> Something's out there. One of those creatures, I think. Harus was already standing near the fire. He's listening again, hand on his sword, listening. Might be able to take it. You hear nothing. Except for the crackle of the fire and everyone else inside, but nothing else. Should we go take a look? We must. Yeah, I feel like Rachel would head out to go see where the thing was going. You grab coats and you you rush outside into the snow. It's dark, but there's enough light uh, from the street lanterns. You can see there's tracks in the snow leading down the main street of Jacksonville. Can we see the thing? No, but you see hooved tracks, cloven hooves, and wolf tracks. Damn, these things move fast. Come on. You follow the tracks, and they uh, they go down most of Main Street, and then they veer off uh, towards in, into kind of like the, the residential area of Jacksonville. And uh, you're following them, and like the the wolf tracks split off into uh, four different directions, and the uh, the cloven hooves continue on kind of a fairly direct path. And eventually, you uh, well, what do you do when they split off? I'm gonna follow the cloven hoof ones because yeah. they're the most concerning. Okay. I almost like want to knock on doors and warn people that a wolf might be in the area, and for them to stay indoors. Okay. I think when I see her doing that, I'll probably do the same thing. It seems like a good idea. Daisy? Yeah. Uh, Haru, you want to follow these tracks? That's what I was going to be doing, was follow the tracks. Let's do that. All right. So you're knocking on doors and kind of trying to warn people. Most of the doors you knock on get answered, but a few, there's no response. Looks like no one's there's, There's like, you know, they don't even open the door. They're just like, yeah, who is it? Deputy, wolf's in the area. Be careful. Stay inside. Okay. Yeah, she'll pass that message along the houses. Yeah, and like I said, there's a few where there's there's just no an- answer. Uh, the two of you that follow the tracks, you, you follow them, and eventually they lead to the mayor's house. 
Harold Baxton. Harold Baxton. And the door has been broken down. It's not even on its hinges anymore. Cautiously head inside, calling out, Mr. Baxton, it is Haru Matsuhara. You get a few steps inside, and it's it's kind of it's a multi-story house. It's a two-story house. It's a pretty nice house as well. Everything's in disarray, and lying at the base of the stairs is a dismembered hand, mm. a child's hand. Oh, upstairs, sword drawn. Give me notice rolls, you two. Nope. Five. Daisy, you step in. I'll say there's enough moonlight. Uh, coming in from the door. As you get to the base of the stairs, you kind of look to your right, and you see kind of into like a dining room section in the main floor, and you see a shape. It's kind of, it's, it's hunched on the table, and you kind of hear the wet tearing sounds of meat. And how are you heading up the stairs at this point? Yeah, I give out a scream like, ah, stop it! That would stop me like mid-stair. All right. So there's a pre- Pretty loud scream you give? Yeah. The two of you give me notice rolls. I don't. A raise. You definitely hear Daisy's scream as you're like getting ready to knock on another door. Yeah. Uh, she's going to go knock. She hears the scream. Macario's across the street. Mm-hmm. Macario, that was Daisy. She's in trouble. He looks up kind of confused. The, there's just this wind blowing that's right in his ear. He kind of waves at you. So she's gonna, um, she's gonna get Macario basically and be like, we gotta go. I heard Daisy crying out. Gotta go help him. Something's wrong. So, Haru, you got the seven of hearts. Daisy, you get the ace of spades. And the creature. The king of diamonds. So, Daisy, you're up first. Uh, the first thing I'm going to do is activate my new power, protection. So, like, all of a sudden, that's like, and I just will glow blue. Hopefully, because, you know, dice rolls. Is a seven, so yeah, I get a plus two to my armor. So you cry out, and then you activate your uh, your protection uh, gizmo. And this thing that's hunched over the table looks up, and in the light of your aura that gives off, you can see this thing a little more clearly. And you can also see what it was hunched over. It's on, like, the, the dining table. And it's hunched over the body of Harold Baxton. And he's been just ripped open. You see part of his throat's been ripped away. His head's hanging just limp in a bad sort of way. And this thing, you know, it had its head, its snout buried into his side. And it kind of rips its head free. And there's like a chunk of meat and some organs hanging from its jaw and it looks up and you can see its its large round eyes shining uh this kind of vile yellow color and uh it it comes crawling forward on on all four legs over the body of Baxton and as it comes more into the light you can see it's got the skull of a wolf and its its body is covered in this patchy black fur its paws are look almost like human hands but the, the fingers are elongated and there's claws on them. And it's just covered in blood. And it's got bits of meat caught in its fur. It's got those, those entrails hanging from its lower jaw. And it kind of, you know, slurps them up a bit. Its head is entirely skull. There's no fur on it. There's maybe strips of maybe peeling flesh or it could be 
flesh from the person it was just eating. And you, it's got kind of almost these ram horns coming down out, even though it's got the skull of a wolf. And then it, it comes down onto the floor on, on all four legs, looking really weird and hunched over. And you realize why as it, it gets down the floor and then it rises up onto its hind legs and it's standing bipedal and it's at least six feet tall. Scarewolves. Scarewolf. And then it leaps forward at you. So I got one raise and one regular hit on you. So the regular hit is 10 damage. That would shake me. All right. And the raise, uh, 17 damage. Two wounds. Let's try to do something about that. Well, I soak one of them. So yeah, it leaps forward and it slashes at you once and kind of strikes your gauntlets and then gets you kind of across the neck in a shallow gash. And it kind of gives us this, I wouldn't necessarily call it a wolf howl. It's like somewhere between a wolf howl and a kind of a, a horse snarl. It's not quite wolf-like. Uh, and then that's its turn. And you hear other sounds coming from stairs. Haru. Other sounds, like snarling or whatnot? Yeah, not good sounds coming from upstairs. I'm going to attempt a map. I'm going to cast speed and deflection. I got a raise. Woohoo. And then deflection. Eight. On my turn, I channel my, my key into my body. My, the wind what rushes around my body and my hands. And then I take a deep breath and do kind of a simple sword technique to kind of focus myself. And my swords seem to move faster as well in a defensive posture. And I'm kind of in the middle of the stairs right now, kind of having one sword pointing up the stairs and one down. And I yell to Daisy, get to safety as fast as you can. I will try to intercept. All right. Harley, you're going on a six of diamonds. Daisy, you go on a jack or club. <laughs> That's what happens to me it's when I take quick. quick. Curse. You take quick and you never get anything higher than a six. Uh, Daisy got the jack of clubs. The thing got the five of spades. Daisy, what are you doing? All right. Uh, I'm not happy with this thing, and I'm pretty sure it's an abomination. And the Lemurians might, you know, forgive me if I kill it. So shoot the railgun, overcharge bolt. Woohoo! All right. Oh, there it goes. There's that 20. That's a raise. That'll hurt something. Hopefully. 14. All right. This thing slashes at you, kind of stagger back a bit. You grab your railgun, raise it up, and you fire, and you hit its center mass, and it goes flying back, and it just lands this broken pile on the ground. That was surprisingly easy, so yay, we're all done. Jacksonville saved, everyone. Yeah, except for how many trails did we... What's your parry? Uh, Eight, and they get a minus four to their attacks, though. Not when they get the drop. 11. Yeah, something hits you from behind. Let's see how amazing my damage is. 17 and 4 is 21. Uh, that's 11 over my damage, so that'd be 2, two wounds? Mm-hmm. I'll attempt to soak. 11. So I would have soaked. Should soak 2 wounds. 2 wounds. Woohoo. So. So, what happens... Because you're dead and not strictly subjected to the same restrictions that the living are. You're, you tell Daisy to get behind you. You're getting ready to step forward and attack this thing when you feel something hit you from behind. And then you look down. 
and something has shoved its claws through your back, out your sternum. And you're you're phased by it, but not mechanically. And then you kind of like twist your head back to look, and you see one of these elk things. It's standing. It stands almost eight feet tall. Actually, it does stand eight feet tall. Its antlers are brushing against the uh, the ceiling, the floor above, um, and it's glare- leering down at you with its over large luminescent eyes and you just hear this rattling sort of creepy and and then it kind of it's got its claws through you and it just shoves you forward and sends you sprawling and now it's actually your turn i will move and do a frenzy attack with my main hand and attack and then a regular attack with my off hand all right spring yourself back up and you come at it uh, an 11. I will hit, yep. Oh, uh, give me a fear roll first, and you two. Negative six. Like an eight. Yeah, that's a four. Yeah, you hold your shit together. Eight damage for the first attack. Oh, that'll shake it. And four, I don't think will hit it. No. So you, you slash it, and it, it almost seems a little surprised at, that you attacked it back so quickly. It's a little surprised that you're even standing back up after it shoved its claws through your sternum. Surprised? I think you shear off one of its handlers, actually. And then you hear sounds from upstairs, and uh, coming down the stairs, you see another one of these wolf things just on all fours coming down. Uh, another one drops down from the second floor uh, near you, Daisy, and you see a, a third one emerge uh, from further in the kitchen comes walking out and it's it's got a limb held in one hand looks like a woman's arm yeah i think that's their turn is them moving into position so now we'll deal everyone in because as uh as the the wolf things emerge uh rachel and makari you kind of you hit the door and you you get just inside the landing and you see this scene go ahead and roll me fear rolls at negative six yeah, you've all seen some pretty horrible shit, so <laughs> things are bad, but if you falter in the face of this evil, then what chances does Valley have? Rachel, you go on a nine of hearts. Haru, your quick edge is finally paying off. You get a nine of spades. Macario, go on an ace of hearts. Daisy, oh, you go on a two of clubs. The greater Wendigo got the Joker, and the lessers get a six of clubs. So, the greater. So you just slashed at it. Oh, it, you shook it. Uh, it's gonna unshake. Yeah, it unshakes and connect. So now it's gonna fuck you up. Yeah, I got a nine. But it did not raise, so this will not hurt nearly as much. Unless I blow shit out of the water. I did not. It's 13 damage. That's only three over my toughness, so I'd be shaken. Yep. I think it slashed you across your torso again. And, um, you know, well, on a regular human, that'd be horrific. You're just like, ow. <laughs> All right, Makara, you're up. Adrenaline flowing through his veins. Uh, Makario comes face to face with these abominations against nature and God. And uh, his only thought is that they must die. And so he reaches for the cutlass he borrowed from Sheriff Ross. And it feels heavier in his hands. And is there a, a glow to it? No just a trick of the imagination. He launches himself at 
one of the the lesser monstrosities and abominations and uh, does a frenzied attack. All right. Ooh. So I can't... <laughs> I can't not do that first attack. <laughs> that's, a, that's a snake eyes. Critical failure with multiple dice occurs when more than half the die results are a natural one. So yeah, that is a critical failure. Um, so with the critical failure, I'm going to say that he, he hits the first one so hard that he and the thing end up tumbling in a pile. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, he probably does damage to it, but now he's prone, and he did a wild attack. It's not pretty. Yeah. All right, go ahead and roll your damage to that one. Maybe maybe you're tangled up in a pile of dead monster, or maybe you pissed it off. <laughs> Five damage plus four damage. That's nine plus two is 11 damage. Well, you cut it down, but then you fall in a... You, you run up, you run it through with that, that cutlass, and it like wraps its arms around you as it's just... Wait, no, not like that. Um, and, you know, it's giving a death rattle. It collapses on the floor with you. Um, and that was your turn. So, Haru, you're up. Well, I'm in melee with this greater Wendigo, so I'm going to do a frenzied attack against it. The uh, gray will be my second one. And I, I will also be using my offhand. Uh, I got a 10. That will hit. Absolutely crap damage of 4. Oh, yeah. No, it's not impressed. Okay. And then my offhand, 9. That will hit. 15 points of damage. One wound. Yep. You cut it. Uh, some kind of brackish blood seeps out from... If I may... My first attack, where I was trying to hit it with my katana, instead turns more into a feint where it lifts its arm up to try to block the sword, and I use that opportunity to take my walkie and stab it into the gut. Snarls. So the one that's on the stairs is going to come down and attack at you, helping the greater out. Uh, you uh, you reduce gang up, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Not good enough. Uh, the other one is also going to drop down off the stairs, and it's going to come at you, Rachel. All right, well, one attack misses, another raises, and the last one also raises. Uh-oh. 18 and 5 is 23. Yeah, is this on the first attack? This is the first attack. 23 damage. That's at least two ones. I'll try to soak, I guess. I guess I'll take a wound. All right. So the next attack is going to do significantly less. <laughs> Twelve. That's five over my toughness. So that's a wound. Oh, yeah. That, where were you last time? <laughs> that first blow cuts you up pretty good, but the second one kind of gets caught up in your duster. Daisy. All right. This one that's, like, upstairs. It jumped down. Uh, then I'm going to start. Well... I'm pretty sure this guy's dead in here, right? You're pretty sure everyone in this house is dead. All right. Then, I, I don't know, I'm going to shoot the one that just ripped up my friend here because it seemed like the one I wanted to attack next anyway. So, overcharge bolt at it. Woo! Ooh. It's hit and raise. Yeah. So, that is... So, that's ten. Ten? That's enough on the lesser. So, yeah. 
crit. Uh, bits of bone and gore spray Rachel, and the thing goes limp on the ground. Yeah, she wipes kind of gore off of her face. Rachel, you got a ten of hearts. Haru, you got a seven of diamonds. But Macario got the Joker. Daisy got the Queen of Hearts. Oh boy. The Greater got the Three of Clubs. <laughs> and the Lesser got the Two of Spades. Alright, take that. And Macario can go ahead and take his turn. Yeah, so he's managed to work his way out of these claws. He springs up. He does another frenzy with his cutlass. Alright. Against the Lesser downstairs. So uh, purple and D6 and then the red. Alright. So the first one was... 12. Oh, that'll hit with a raise. And the second one was only a 2, so that one probably missed. That will miss, yeah. 13 plus 7 is 20. Uh, yeah, you kill it. What, what happens there? I think that uh, he's starting to get a handle on this uh, cutlass, by which I mean it's become basically a holy chainsaw of death. It's, it's like, it's almost like dancing in his hand, and it can tell, there's just something about these creatures in this cutlass, it's just dicing right through them. Mm-hmm. There's just some sort of mystical thing happening there. Yeah, it cuts right through him. And uh, the last of the lessers falls to the ground dead. Quite dead. Macario looks at it and it's kind of moving in his hand. What the hell is this? <laughs> Daisy. All right. Uh, so it's just the big bad now. Just huh? the big bad. Well, hopefully I don't shoot Haru. Overcharge bolt. He can take it. So an 11, or a 10 or a 10 to hit. Uh, that's a hit. Not a raise, but it's a hit. Not a raise. Wait, 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 wait. You're shooting ranged. Yeah. It's a raise. It's a raise. Sorry. 13, 15 damage. It's going to try and soak that. Yeah, it's going to soak that. Rachel. Uh, she'll swing retribution around towards this monster looming over her friends and fire off a Sacramento surprise. I'll hit. So we'll say this will be the sound. Okay. Um, so she fires off. I'll shake it. This um, bullet. And it's like thunder is right there in the room. Like, you know how when you hear it from a close up and it rattles the cupboards? Well, I've been at ground zero for Yeah, thunder. it's ground zero out of thunder. Clap goes off like centered over the wendigo oh i'm gonna do a frenzy attack on the big bad thing uh, 11 hits with a raise 11 no that does not hit with a raise doesn't okay 11 points of damage uh i'll have to soak because i would have shaken it again it does not soak it so it takes another uh wound so then negative two and then eight for my walkie. Uh, that will hit. 11, 12 points of damage that time. Okay, a wound, so I was going to try and soak that. Soaks it. And now it's its turn. It unshook because I successfully soaked. And it's going to cut the shit out of uh, Haru. That's a 6. That's a 12. That's an 18. What did you do to Ben's dice? That's 20. Minus 2 is an 18. I think that raises... Plus two is 18 damage. So that's two wounds. I soak both of them. All right. Haru, you got a queen of diamonds. Makari, you got a jack of diamonds. Daisy, you got a queen of clubs. And the Wendigo got an ace. 
And it's going to, and it's probably final moments, it's going to wild attack! Yay, I'm going to die! Yes. That's uh, 14 raises again. You should buy his dice some chocolates or something. Like, apologize to them for whatever you did. Um, 24, 28 damage. Flowers also, great way to apologize. I'm not sure how many wounds you're taking there. It's 28 damage, less your toughness. 18, so it'd be four wounds. 11 is still better than my 8. It's still two wounds. It's not actually better than your 8. So I'm at neg 3. All right. So yeah, it cuts you up pretty badly, and then it is your turn. Okay, well... So you gotta unshake. Yeah. 11. So I think I unshake. Yeah, you unshake. I'm going to frenzy and wild attack. All right. It's parry is down. Well, you're at a plus 2 to hit it, so you're at a plus 4. Woohoo! Eleven. It's a done a raise. No, it's not. Nine points of damage. It goes down. How do you kill it? Describe it. Strike the f- final blow. I lift my walkie to kind of block another slash as it's coming in, and just throw myself stabbing into his chest at it, and fall to the ground, and just cry in anguish. All right. And it does not move as you drop to the ground. And slowly stand up, pulling my blade free. As you draw your blade free, you feel a rush of power, and you see like a uh, an icy blue essence kind of wisp up along your blade, and then flow into your your arms, and and you feel cold, so cold, and then numb again, and you're not feeling cold anymore. Oh. Cold resistance counting coup kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're all standing in the mayor's house. These dead monsters, and at least the mayor's dead body, the dismembered hand of a child, and the dismembered arm of a woman. I'm going to go search for the kid and the woman. Wipe my sword's free and not really cry, but more of feel a deep remorse of that my, I, I am continuing to devolve in his eyes devolve more and more monster like by gaining these powers he's he's losing touch with his humanity and he's that harvest feeling out of sorts and as you're looking kind of depressed Mercario notices that you're basically you got your guts ripped out like in a few places ha ha haru are you okay i will be fine i highly doubt that Oh, my shadow has returned. Oh, is that what I am now? Your shadow? You're always present. You know, I kind of like that. Rachel, you go upstairs. Roll me a fear jack, negative five. Eight, so raise. All right, you hold yourself together. Because, yeah, upstairs it's a charnel house. The Baxtons had two kids. The Baxtons don't have two kids anymore. Uh, I don't know if Rachel would necessarily hold herself together. Okay. All right. She would kind of let out this horrified, not scream, but like this intake, like a A gasp. Yeah. And then um, just kind of stumble down the stairs, push the door open, and retch. Yeah, you're retching outside in the snow. Daisy, what are you doing? 
Well, was anybody hurt? Aren't you like I was really actually hurt? hurt, yeah. Yeah. Hara will be fine, though, given time. But, yeah, I'm kind of first going to, you know, look around at the bodies and try to figure out what's going on, and then probably... You, you see the mayor's body still on the, sprawled out on the table, just ripped open. You, you make your way into the kitchen, and you find Mrs. Braxton, Baxton, um, or what's left of her at any rate. Well, now it's time to help the living. So we'll start with the not Ghost Rocky healing. See if I just heal myself, and then I'll come up to Rachel and whatever. Where did you get? Uh, we didn't actually specify where she got hurt, but if you want, I mean, she's bending over, retching, so you could put your hand on her back. Yeah, well, I think it works channel. more to like touch the area that's affected. Oh, first mundane healing, so I'll probably yeah, you know, comfort you first. Be like, all right, yeah. Let, let, me, let me let me take a look at your wounds, Rachel. Cause it's... Sorry. Well, you got how many wounds? One. I heal it. <laughs> this is a shell gash. You apply some bandages yeah. or something. Oh, that, that's nothing. I don't need to use that. Appreciate it, Daisy. Daisy comes over and kind of bandages you up and comforts you. You're retching in the snow. And uh... well, while we're outside, mm-hmm. has any of this noise arouse any attention oh, there's lights on but people are not coming out of their homes to investigate i think macario has just noticed the child's hand on the floor and he's looking at it and his legs are wobbling and he's just kind of frozen there for a bit he starts looking up at the top and then looking outside and not sure what to do with himself yeah i feel rachel would be really shook up about seeing the slaughtered remains of two dead kids yeah and you're standing there you know you're still out in the snow trying you're all in shock pretty much at this point when you hear the crunch of uh, something stepping through the snow. I mean, instinctively, she's going to aim her gun at it at the sound and then turn to look. You turn, you, you aim and you turn to look, and your gun is right in Ross's face. She's going to do um, where they spin the gun down and then kind of collapse on him almost a little bit, like pull him into a hug and just be like, it's good to see you, Ross. Deputy? the fuck are you doing out in the cold where's my horse where's my goddamn gun and where's my sword also what the fuck are you doing out here at night she's probably still too emotional to respond right away Ross there's an incident in this house the mayor's been well torn apart by I don't know demons Haru is a million miles away right now Took you long enough to get back on your feet there, old timer. He, he, his face goes through a range of like surprise, anger, and amusement. Yeah. I finally. Like, Rachel's gonna reach down and go, I believe this belongs to you. And she'll pull the Hatikva from her holster and hand it over to him. He takes it very carefully, kind of checks it, holsters it, reaches behind him. And draws rage and hands the butt of it over to you. She'll take it and holster it. And kind of with a sigh of satisfaction and having it back. Mm-hmm. Where's, where's my horse? I wake up and I have no horse. Where's Enoch? Pointedly, Haru just says, dead. Oh, that's harsh. Just like, he's because he's a million miles away and he's finding himself fighting with, like, 
the 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 lack he's the fact he's losing his humanity he's actually feeling closer to Lazarus because Lazarus had a lot of inhumanity even when he was alive and now Haru's kind of going this process and so he's just not he's being blunt blunt it's true Ross I don't think you've ever seen Ross really express a whole lot of emotion and he kind of he almost seems to collapse in on himself he just goes oh Rachel's going to do the thing where she's just like reaching out to pat him on the shoulder, but her hand just hovers kind of above it awkwardly, like, and then she winds up not. He takes a deep breath and then gets yourselves back to the office. Yeah, there's a lot we need to fill you in on. Sounds like there's a lot I need to take care of right here, right now. You, get me a shovel. Haru nods, and as he nods, he kind of looks down and he goes, I may need to be um, put back together. I was not paying attention to the gore. I'll stuff it back in. It'll be fine. Find like a like a sheet or something in the house to kind of wrap it up to keep it all in until until you regenerate. Yeah. And I go around the gardening shed even and see if they have a shovel. Yeah, there's a couple of shovels. And yeah, Haru and Ross are gone for pretty much until dawn. What are the rest of you doing? I think Makario will stop by to just check in on Don and make sure he's doing all right. There's probably a stables attached to the sheriff's office for you know during winter to keep the horses during the day so they don't like freeze outside. And that's probably where Don is. Oh, Don, are you cold? He <laughs> snuffs at you. Becoming a big boy, aren't you? Ah. <laughs> Macario takes some half-frozen hay and kind of breaks off some of the fully frozen parts and shreds it for his little trough. Okay, now you, you moo if anybody shows. <laughs> You're looking like a tasty steak, Don. Be careful. <laughs> and uh, he'll head back to the office. All right. I was going to say, if it's Don, by the time they get back, we might have like opened up some of the cells where they have the cots and gone to sleep even. Yeah. Yeah, you wake up to the sound of the door opening, and Ross and Haru trod back in. Yeah, Rachel sits up, kind of rough voice with, you know, sleeping goes, What took you so long? What were you doing? What do you think we were doing, deputy? She knows. He nods, sits down at his desk, reaches into his drawer, goes for the whiskey bottle that's supposed to be in there. So gone. And stops slams the drawer shut, pulls out a cigar, and lights it. Rachel's, you know, if you two are still sleeping, she'll be talking kind of in a hushed voice. We're going to have to let people know about the mayor's death, Ross. Yep. Want to fill me in on everything else that's been going on? Where do I even fucking start? I dealt with a demon and unleashed evil upon the valley. No offense, Rachel, but your way of putting things to Ross is always like the worst way possible. You dealt with a demon. She's just sitting there with her face buried in her hands. Okay, what evil did you unleash? Because I don't know anything about this. It calls itself Moloch. Deputy, how how up to speed are you on your uh, Bible literature? Mm. God turned his 
back on me, I feel, a long time ago. Ain't what I asked. Do you know who Moloch is? Uh, no, I don't know who that is, Ross. Clearly, I don't consciously deal with demons. Sure sounds like you did, since you seem to be on a name basis with the god of child sacrifice. Uh, that is gonna really upset Rachel. She's gonna shove her chair back and just go, What? And all the colors draining from her face? It looks like she might pass out. Many months ago, Rachel was injured, you remember, yes? I do. And we found that Native American shaman, too. Do yeah, the one I, I never met. Yes. Well, I finally met him, and he showed who he really was. He was this Moloch. He has apparently been having us systematically kill spirits in the area to grow his own power. What spirits? He told us that they were evil spirits corrupting the land. I do not think so. There was one on, in Crater Lake and one up near McLaughlin that you helped us uh, with rescuing everyone. That cult was... Yeah, that went so well. Joe and that kid got out all right. Well, that's something. We want to make it better, Russ. Well, that's good. I'm afraid I don't see how. I gotta do some research. Hey, you... What is Rachel's state right now? Um, it probably looks like she's having an anxiety attack, actually. I mean, she had a miscarriage, and she finds out she's been dealing with a demon of child sacrifice. That's pretty fucked up. It's fucked her up. Seeing you in your state, Haru would put a hand on your shoulder or your back area and just kind of do a light rub. Rachel, have a sit down. Two of you ain't deputies. You ain't law. You're free to go home. Keep an eye out. Let me know if you see anything. Ross, I, I can't go home. I, I hope it's okay if I stay here. It, it's not safe at home. Of course. And, oh, you, you're, you're a cutlass. Do you, do you want it back? Nah. Sounds like you were putting it to better use than I ever did. It is strange, but powerful. What is it? Uh, I don't know. It wasn't ever anything special for me. What? And then Macario kind of like examines it. There's still like no markings on it. It looks normal. Yeah. I got that when we went to go try and take that Mexican fort out in the maze that I died at. Lost my bowie knife in a skirmish at sea, and one of the sailors, grateful to me for saving his life, gave me a cutlass. I've had it since. It... It is powerful. That's all I can say. I don't understand it, but... Huh. Now, Ross, I may not be law, but, yeah, we've done some, we've done some wrong here, and we need to set this right, so... Well, we have to figure out how to do just that. Yeah, not going home and forgetting about this, that. Oh, I ain't not, saying go oh, home my. and forget about it. But ain't nothing you can do right here, right now. In my current state, I feel that I will help 
in any regard to hunting these monsters down. Maybe I will regain some of my humanity. Maybe. Go check in with your boss. Keep your eyes open. I'll let you know when I have any additional information. I will do just that. Although I am finding the whole Iron Dragon a might large disreputable. And I am tired of their evil. And Deputy, once you're, uh, you're able, I need you to ride a patrol. Check on some folks. My horse is dead, so... Sure. She'll say it kind of in a rough voice. All right. You all take care of yourselves. Don't get dead. And he reaches into his other desk drawer, pulls out his ledger, sets on the desk, flips it open, and starts looking through it. Thank you, listeners, for joining us for this latest episode of Valley of Famine. Deadlands Reloaded and Savage Worlds are the property of Pinnacle Entertainment Group. Sound effects are provided by Plate Mail Games, music by the Eaglestone Collective, and elk calls are courtesy of the Yellowstone National Park Services. You can find links to all of these in the show notes. Once again, thank you. I hope you all have a wonderful whatever time of day it is you're listening to this, and we'll catch you next time. I died. It's very unfortunate. It happened to be while I was back in the homeland. Oh, okay. I died. <laughs> He's already a zombie. Lash is like, wait a minute. <laughs>